From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. This week, another top aide to President Trump announced he's leaving the White House amid controversy over new tariffs on aluminum and steel. When we're behind on every single country, trade wars aren't so bad. The president's chief economic advisor, Gary Cohn, resigned. Cohn is a registered Democrat, and he left the number two job at Goldman Sachs to work in the Trump White House. Many in the financial world saw him as one of their own, and as one of them put it, Cohn was a stabilizing influence in the administration. With his departure, though, what can we expect when it comes to the president's future economic agenda? Well, joining me are Megan McArdle, columnist for The Washington Post, and Rick Newman, columnist for Yahoo Finance. And Megan, there seems to be a lot of attention being paid to Cohn leaving. Why? Well, look, I think you can give the Trump administration credit, and he has not gotten credit for this. He has probably the most diverse spectrum of economic opinion that's been in a White House for quite some time. Um, And we've seen that kind of battle playing out in the White House. With Cohn's departure, you are seeing one big wing of that spectrum being very highly diminished. So, Rick, he's leaving. How would you assess the job that he did at the White House? He was there for about a year. He kept Trump on the reservation while he was there. And by the reservation, I guess I mean what Wall Street and the financial community considers sort of normal behavior. There may have been many reasons that Gary Cohn wanted to leave. He might have just been worn out. But it did obviously coincide with Trump imposing new tariffs, which is something that Wall Street does not like. It's something Gary Cohn personally did not like. It's something a lot of economists do not think will help the U.S. economy and would probably hurt the U.S. economy. So Gary Cohn was the bulwark against this type of activity, and he's gone, and now we're getting that type of activity. So uh, Cohen made, you know, really a statement by saying he was going to leave this position, and then yesterday the White House released more details about the tariffs, and there are a lot of exemptions. There's ways that people cannot have the tariffs hit them. In a way, did Cohen leave too early? Maybe, but this is also the broader market talking to Trump and I think Trump possibly listening. So when Trump first said he was going to impose these tariffs on steel and aluminum, the market reacted negatively. And we know Trump pays close attention to the stock market. Now that we've seen that there are actually going to be some loopholes in these tariffs, there are exemptions for Canada and Mexico, two of our biggest trading partners. Other uh, countries can apparently get out of the tariffs by doing this or that. So this is reassuring to the market, I think. And Trump, will like that. And he will say, you know, I moderated my view a little bit. I reversed that stock market decline we saw at the very beginning. And that's okay. I think Trump will find a way to declare victory here. Megan, turnover is pretty common in administrations, and there's been an extraordinary amount in this one. I'm wondering, though, is this a turning point for the administration when it comes to economic policy? Uh, It could well be. I think we have to see who his replacement is. But it's going to be very hard for him to find a good replacement. If you think about what has happened in this administration over the, you know, first year and a little bit of his presidency, there's been this incredible chaos. There's been the infighting, the backstabbing, the nonstop leaking from the White House about advisors and by advisors. And there's the fact that the kind of public prestige associated with being a White House advisor has not accrued to people who who have served in these roles in the way that it had in previous administrations. People leaving the White House are finding it harder to get jobs in the private sector, and people going in are finding themselves subjected to a kind of unprecedented level of harassment by people who disagree with administration policy. I mean, what you're painting there is a picture of him not being able to get the advisors that he may need to be able to form the economic policies that are really important. 
you sort of ask who is going to want to step into that role, who is any good, who actually has better alternatives. <laughs> and that's a really disturbing question. He has had already had trouble staffing the administration from the get-go, but those problems are getting worse as it becomes clear how little scope there is for doing actual policy, given the, the kind of shambolic leadership from the top, and also how much personal grief you have to take in order to even try. So, Rick, what does that mean for the president's economic agenda? What what can we expect? Well, he got his big agenda item out of the way, tax cuts. And I think there was some hope among people in the middle and let's say the Wall Street view, the Gary Cohn view or the globalist view that Trump would be so happy that he got his tax cuts that he would just sort of stand down on the rest of this economic agenda, the nationalist part of the agenda, you might call it. And Trump is not standing down. So we're seeing with the tariffs, this is Trump's first effort at going after that economic nationalism. And I think the question going forward is, is Trump going to pursue things that are mostly symbolic and don't really affect the economy very much, but give him a way to sort of declare victory with his base? Or is he going to pursue things that are more substantive and actually will rearrange assets in the economy? You mentioned his base and, and some of these tariff policies definitely appeal to those people who feel left behind by global trade, by issues of jobs going overseas and factories closing what do you think is the economy that Trump is focusing on that he's trying to rebuild here in this country? Well, I'll tell you, I hear from those people every week in response to the stories we publish at Yahoo Finance. And I have to give credit to Trump for something. He correctly identified a big problem, which is people working and middle class people who do feel left behind by globalization. They think it just enriches people in Silicon Valley and CEOs and leaves everybody else behind. Whether they're right or wrong, Trump is right that they feel this way. They still feel this way and they still want something done. They want Trump to punch the globalists in the nose. The area where I think Trump falls down, I think he identifies the problem, but I don't think his solution is the right one. Just about anybody who has studied protectionism and the effect of tariffs will tell you that for every winner, you produce a loser. And quite often for every winner, you produce more than one loser because you end up hurting more people than you are helping. Megan, what do you think needs to be done for the U.S. to, to stay competitive like Rick is talking about? And do you see the Trump administration taking those steps to prepare for the future? The fact is it's pretty limited what they could do. What could Trump do? He could get really serious about his infrastructure package. It wouldn't add 5% to GDP, but it would be good. It would add a little fill-up to growth. It would position us better to grow in the future. And those would be worthwhile things to do for the economy if Trump had the kind of focus and vision and good policy experts around him to make that happen. I would love to see Trump or any president focusing on the industries of the future, which are many related to technologies, but also healthcare in the service industry. There are things we could do to get some of those people, you know, the so-called forgotten men and women of America Trump referred to when he was campaigning. There are ways you could get more of those people into the industries of the future instead of promising them the return of jobs from the past, which for the most part is not going to happen. But Trump is not doing that. I call him 70s man. He looks at the economy. He sees smokestacks and factories, and that's where his policies are leading. Rick Newman is a columnist for Yahoo Finance, and Megan McArdle is a columnist for The Washington Post. Thank you both for joining. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. 